so welcome. Um, I don't even really know how to start podcasts, but I feel as though it's a good platform for me to just monologue and just begin to um, articulate and also refine my perspectives and my revelations and what God is showing me, and uh, hence why it's called Connecting the Heavenly Dots. I have many dear friends that would sit through and listen as I unpack what the Lord is teaching me. But I also felt that sometimes it's cool to try new things and I don't know how much longer I'm going to go for. But uh, we'll see. Shakabah. Anyways, hello. I'm John. I am the dude that is speaking right now. I'm a regular dude that lives in Brisbane, Australia. And I really love the Lord. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm absolutely infatuated with God. <sighs> Me personally, I encountered the love of God when I was 17 in the midst of severe depression and anxiety. Um, thought the only way out was suicide. Meanwhile, I grew up in the church my entire life. My dad was quite involved in the church as a pastor as well in certain times. And for me, I, I still just never hit home. I was like, you know, maybe God's real. But just like Julius Caesar, but it has nothing to do with the way I live my life. And uh, I supernaturally found myself at, and by supernatural, just a series of uh, events that just were clearly from God because they could not happen just even based on just the natural ways of how life is supposed to unravel. And, and some people might say, oh, that's just coincidence. Yeah, well, then I encountered the love of God and all thoughts of suicide, all thoughts of hopelessness were totally eradicated and just a deep sense of peace and love entered my heart for the first time. And uh, you can't coincidence that. So, yeah. Anyways, I feel in my heart that just beginning to unpack um, what it looks like to, to merely walk as Christians on this earth. You know, Jesus says that they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. But what does that mean? What does it look like in a Western Christianity context? But how do we also check ourselves and how do we live a life that is worthy for the gospel, but also in a way that is also like being able to be related by those in the world in our everyday lives. Um, I personally find, I, I work in youth work, uh, which is just a, an industry where I take care of just broken kids. And that is where I'm so blessed because my life is literally a source, the greatest source of evangelism. And my primary source of evangelism to these kids because we get to do life together. They see the true colors of who I am. And I just really get to show the love of God in my actions, in my intentionality to these kids. I, I feel, I'm going to say the word, I feel a lot to hold your horses, folks. I, I feel as though even in the church that we like to love and, and bless their hearts, we do want to love people. But you do find the, it is very common that the love is very short-lived. It feels like it seems to be this huge puddle. 
but and it, it seems so promising at the start but then after a while it just it just disappears it dissipates and you think to yourself well where'd it go and us as people we need consistency it's why we pursue God because we know he's the same yesterday today and forever and he'll never change and he'll never leave us and gives us the hope that today and tomorrow nothing's going to change because he's never going to change and so, and I think to myself often that why does this happen a lot? And I actually used to hold a lot of frustration and to a degree bitterness against people that would do that. And I just think instantly in my head, hypocrites, you know, insincere people, people who are selfish, they're trying to push this facade. And sometimes that might be the case. But honestly, my judgment means absolutely nothing if it doesn't engage the heart of God into them and how he sees them and how he sees the situation. And I just began to realize that these people want to love and even they themselves have found, them, um, found they have limited capacity to express that love. And from that, from that moment, from that realization that I realized I now had an opportunity if I myself could be in a position where I could love and that remain consistent that I could begin to model an example instead of just bashing those who try to do what Jesus is telling us to do love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering and we're called to become love, not to love and it just so, for me, it was so humbling because honestly, it is so much easier to bash people. Not physically, just judgment, through judgment. But then for God to just be like, he sees a flaw or he, he shows you a flaw in the church culture. And for him to be like, now I want you to fix it. It is such an honor, but it also... It does require such humility because then you throw away everything you ever know and you don't say anything to anyone and you just begin to just embed yourself in the spirit of God and listening to his voice in how to approach this thing. And I find that when you do do that, that God just shows up in that exact way in which a certain culture needs. I don't know if I really make sense. Like the more I do this, the more I will make sense. So hold your horses. We will get there in Jesus' name. Um, but I, because God calls us to such a high standard, not because of who we, not because of who we were, or what we do, or what we will do. It's who we are as I, in our identity as his sons and daughters of the living God. And that actually, even in the midst of dysfunction, in whatever it is, that God's desire, as much as it is to pursue functionality, that's not his primary source. His primary source is love. And so he would forsake functionality if it meant to forsake love to make sure that functionality becomes a reality. That he would rather have a love culture and he, he would rather manifest his love in a dysfunctional culture 
than to have a functional culture where there is no culture of love. And you do find in groups of people, in house churches and congregations, that they too do go hand in hand, love and functionality. But I guess the reason I said that example is to segregate the two, just for that moment, just to say the love is the greatest of them all. Love is a motive of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, John 3.16. The whole gospel was founded upon love. Which leads you to think as well, because then you look back in your life and, and you see, wow, God, I've come so far, I've come so far, I've come so far. And then you think to yourself, when has God ever said, hey, dude, you're not doing this anymore? Or, hey, dude, you're, you're not living up to your expectation. You need to pick up your game. Hey, um, you're just being really toxic in this environment. I personally cannot remember a single time where the Lord did that. And the whole time I was missing out on a lot of things. I had some destructive ways of thinking. Um, not, not to anybody else, but just at, my, at the cost of my, my revelation of sonship. And, but even then, his goodness and his love, he was so wanting to show me and unpack what it looks like to grow, what it looks like to have flaws and him beginning to work on it, to strengthen it, instead of just calling out our mistakes. Bill Johnson said something that was really, really profound, that other people at other churches would come up to Bill and be like, hey, Bill, what can we work on? And the person that was sharing this story on a podcast, who was with Bill at the time, began to tell them, hey, you need to work on this, you need to work on that. And he looked at Bill, and Bill just goes, no, you guys are doing fine. This is what you're doing well, and this is, what you, this is your, another thing that you're doing well. And the guy who was sharing, who was with Bill at the time, is expressing how he was getting quite frustrated, because he's like, Bill, can't you realize what they need to do? And Bill just looks at him and goes, why would I reveal something that the Father isn't? Then I'd be out of place. I'd be, I wouldn't be speaking from the right place. And that to me strikes so deeply to my heart. Because as much as the Lord is about correction, He much prefers relationship. And then through that, provide, connect, uh, provide correction and empowerment. But He would never provide correction if there wasn't a relational connection between you and him and and Bill just continues on to say I'm not an idiot I know when things are going wrong but it isn't my place to speak if God isn't revealing something and he just really spoke to my heart I'm still completely wrecked at how how profound that that one liner is and how much it expresses who God is in his nature. And I just, there's one thing to take away from this, uh, from this juicy unpacking of revelation. It is to, when you see those around you, don't be so quick to provide correction. Because a lot of the time, people do know what their, what their you know, shortcomings are. And just because you tell them, even if they didn't, and if you told them, very rarely would they be like, now that you told me, all answers are fixed to my life. You're exposing something. But even to expose it, to provide correction, needs to go back to you helping them get to wherever it is, instead of just walking around critiquing people. And now you're just judging people. 
and it's just, I mean, that's a very, very dodgy place to be. If it's one thing in my life, as I'm pursuing God, it's one thing that I can control is where I stand, even as a person and in my integrity. It is to be so founded in God, which is love. Not be so controversial wherever I go because I'm known to critique people. And if I critique somebody and not want to help them, that doesn't resemble who the Father is. And if you're not resembling who the Father is, you're not resembling Him. And if you're not resembling Him, you're resembling something that's not God. I'll use gentle language to not be so confronting. Because that's my personality. I also don't really like to confront. Only when it is necessary. But in Jesus' name, I will learn to regulate it really well and to discern it. That will be for another day. But yeah, thank you for listening. I am very, very appreciative that you sat through this. And even if you didn't, bless you. Goodbye.